Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to continue our series on the MBTI or the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And today what we're going to be talking about is sensing versus intuition. And if you're thinking about sensing versus intuition, the general idea behind those two is that sensing versus intuition is it's how you incorporate new information and how you understand the world around you. And it's how you gather that information. How do you take it in? And so sensing is exactly what it sounds like. A sensor is somebody who takes in information from their five senses. So it's things that you see, smell, taste, touch, hear, and then you analyze the information that comes in to help you draw a conclusion. Whereas intuition is kind of that sixth sense, where in addition to those five senses, you're also kind of going beyond that. And you're looking at the bigger picture and relationships and meanings and connections of different things. So I think one thing that can present very differently for people who are sensing versus intuition is that sensors are very readily able to describe and explain why they have come to a conclusion. And they will use the information that they drew from their five senses in order to recount why they have come to the type of conclusion that they have. Versus for the people who are more intuitive, they're more thinking on an abstract level. And so they can't necessarily point to something and say, this is why I think, feel, or believe this way. But it's more of just an impression that they have. And it's not to say one is more valuable than the other. As we've said in the previous podcast where we're talking about the MBTI, each one has something that is a strength to it, and each one has something that is a little bit of a weakness to it. But that overall, neither one is either a good or bad thing. It just has differences. Right. It really is a preference. And what do you typically go to first? And so when you think of, are you left-handed or are you right-handed? Unless you're ambidextrous, most of us have a preference. And so I'm right-handed. And so it's not that I can't use my left hand at all. It's that I'm stronger and sturdier with my right hand. And that's what I typically use. But I can use my left hand. It's just a little bit awkward at times. And I have to focus extra and really work harder if I'm using my left hand. So to get a little bit more specific about some of these differences, like I was just talking about, for sensors, they're very concrete. They want dependable, verifiable, factual information. And they tend to think much more literally, and they are distrustful of information that is fuzzy. And so when you're thinking about somebody who is a sensor, they are much more likely to accept something as true if there's lots of verifiable information that goes along with it. But then if there's kind of some circumstantial evidence that goes along with it, they're more likely to discount that rather than accepting it wholeheartedly because they want to be able to, again, put their finger on and say, I know that I believe this and I know it's true because of A, B, and C. But if they just have A and B, they might not be so likely to believe it because it's not quite enough information yet. They need that extra piece of information, that C, to be like, okay, now I can trust this. And so I think for people who are sensors, they're much more sensitive towards getting deceived. And so they really are trying to make sure I have all the factual information. I really want to make sure that I think the right thing, that I believe the right thing. Versus people who are an intuitive person, not that they like getting deceived or that they're okay with it. But they're okay with believing something. It doesn't get as under their skin as much if they believe something that's not necessarily 100% accurate. And again, it's because of those different priorities for, again, the person who's more of a sensor, they are very factual and concrete versus the intuitive person is more abstract. 
Right. So when sensors are taking information in, like you said, they're looking at the facts and those facts can clearly tell that story and even help them make a decision. So in a sense, the facts say yes. Whereas those who are intuitive, sometimes they can't really explain why they're saying yes, right? It's just this feeling, especially with a sensing spouse like Tim is, we can't really explain, this is exactly why I'm choosing this. Because it's not just the tangible things that we've taken in, it's everything else that's included in that bigger picture. So one of the differences, like he said, is the concrete versus abstract. The next difference is this realistic versus imaginative. So people with sensing, they're a lot more realistic, they're practical, they look at things that are cost-effective, and they really try to exercise common sense. In a sense, they take pride and they really value having all the facts laid out and really understanding the situation. And I can totally identify with that, right? If something's practical and it just makes sense, it puts me all on board with it. Or if I feel like something's cost-effective or, oh, I can do this, it might be a little more of a headache up front, but then it's going to be better off in the long run that I'm definitely okay doing that. But also with that common sense thing, like it's got to make sense to me. If it doesn't make sense, I'll be very resistant to it where I'll just be like, I don't, I don't think I understand that or that doesn't make sense. Like something that's been in the news recently are things called NFTs. If you don't know what they are, right, you could look into it a little bit. They're very confusing. And I remember people talking about it. Oh, it's this big wave. It's going to make people tons of money, blah, blah, blah. And I remember looking at it and being like, I have zero understanding why this is practical or helpful. And so I was like, I don't think I would ever invest into something like that because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, it's not to say that there's no value there in something like that, but I can't see the value. I can't understand it. And so then I would totally ward off or avoid something in that neighborhood. Which is funny because we just saw that comic recently where it was two people sitting at their desks and the sensing person was looking through all of the paperwork and he just says, I'll need to see more data. And the intuitive person was looking at the same paperwork and he says, this looks like a great opportunity. And so it's kind of what Tim's explaining right now is that he really needs to understand it and he needs to see all the facts. Whereas for a person with intuition, they're more imaginative. They enjoy being ingenious, clever, and novel just for the sake of it. And so looking at new and novel things for an intuitive person is really exciting. And they can kind of imagine what this could be and they can picture that. Whereas the person with sensing, they want to see the end result on paper. I think this really shows out for you with parenting where there's some things that you just do as a parent that I just look at and I marvel because it's so ingenious a way you approach one of our kids when they're having a hard time and you address it in this kind of roundabout way that gets a much better result than I think sometimes when I'm using a much more pragmatic or direct approach with the kids. And I think a part of me being a sensor, I watch and I observe that even though I would never think to do it that way, I see the pragmatic or practical approach when I see the effectiveness of it. But my brain just doesn't even work in that way where I think in this kind of ingenious or roundabout way to solve a problem in a unique way, it's more a tried and true method that I normally use. And so it's very interesting to watch you as an intuitive person work with the kids in a way different way than I normally would. And I agree. There's some things that you do where I just think I did not even consider that. Like it was just such a common sense solution that I didn't even consider because I was over here thinking of all these novel and new things, but it was the common sense solutions where I'm just like, man, that was brilliant. (laughs) 
So the next category differences between sensing and intuition is pragmatic versus intellectual. So the person who's a sensor, they highly value the usefulness or application of an idea more than the idea itself. And this is a very interesting thing. I remember when I was in college, I was not a huge fan of philosophy. And I remember I was in this philosophy class and it was just not interesting to me. It just bored me to tears. And I remember when they found out my major was psychology, they're like, well, how can you not be interested in philosophy if you're interested in the psychology? But I'm very much more interested in the pragmatic or the practical approach of psychology, what you can do to use it to help you. I'm not interested really that much in the theoretical behind why things work or not. It's just show me the proof that this works. And then that's the interesting thing for me. And so I just want to know what is effective or what is helpful. Whereas the intuitive person, the learning, the acquiring of knowledge, the mental challenges itself are valued. So that's the end in itself. It's not the usefulness of those, but the knowledge of it in and of itself is valued. And that's so funny because actually just this past week, I was talking to some other moms and we were talking about trainings. And I said, oh, I love going to trainings. I love going to conferences and meetings. And they kind of laughed. But then I said, but I don't always like to implement it. I just love going there and getting all this information. And I love taking notes on it. And so that's really funny because just in and of itself, I love going to that stuff. And I love getting all this information and knowledge. But it's not the practical application that I value. And it's so interesting, I think, even looking back at the education, the undergrad, the master's degree and everything like that. I really look back at that education and I don't see a gigantic amount of value in it because just getting that education did not make me a good therapist. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some background information that was helpful, but tons and tons of that background information ended up not being useful to me because it didn't go along with the type of therapy that I do. So when I went through school, I figured out what is my type of therapy that I like, and then I really worked at honing that information and those skills. But getting this overall general idea for six years about psychology ended up to me feeling like a large waste of time because there wasn't a ton of practicality behind it. As a matter of fact, I even think that a lot more of the important stuff happened when I was getting supervision, when I'm seeing my clients and I'm talking to the supervisor about that, where I thought it would have been much more value to have an apprenticeship, where you work closely with another professional who's been working in it for years, and then they kind of show you or you observe and they explain more to you. Because to me, that's much more of the practical thing. And I remember going through six years post-high school education, then sitting down with my first client being like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with this person, because I felt like most of the information that we were getting was more theoretical and not as practical about, hey, in your first session, here's the things that you should do. Hey, when they tell you this problem, here's some things that you should do. Now, I understand the reason why they do that. They don't want to shoehorn you into one way or one style of doing therapy. But I also felt like there's this gigantic amount of background information and not nearly enough practical information about how to help people. Which what you're just talking about goes into the very next one, which is sensors like experiential and intuitives like theoretical. So sensors love that firsthand experience. They utilize the past experience that they've had. And they're kind of reluctant to generalize beyond their own experience. Kind of this theory of what could happen or thinking through other options other than what they've experienced. Whereas for intuitives, they are more theoretical. They automatically search for patterns in the facts that they're given. And they're comfortable with theories and inventing new ones. So kind of that thinking outside what could happen, all the different options, not necessarily only what we've experienced. And so I think that was a perfect example of going through school and you wanting that experience and thinking, all of these theories, 
don't really mean anything unless I can apply it to something practical. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of my favorite classes was a practicum class. You've actually started working in the field. You're starting to see clients. And then you come back to a class where you have your other classmates there and you brainstorm about these different sessions, what's going on, and you talk about solutions and there's a teacher there and they're helping you through the process. And to me, I really like that. That was, seemed like a very practical, helpful class where it's like, hey, here's a problem that I'm dealing with. What's a tool or a solution or how can I address this person in a way that'll be helpful? I also think for me too, this was exacerbated by the fact that I started practicing therapy at a relatively young age. And so I remember at the beginning, people would ask me all the time when they'd first sit down with me, how old are you? And I remember I really developed this sense of like, I got to blow their socks off right out of the gate so that they'll trust me enough to stick around. Because if they were just looking at me when I first started, I was this really young guy. I think I was 24 when I first started doing therapy and I'm working with people to help them understand how to have a healthier relationship with their emotions or to have a healthier relationship with their spouse and those kinds of things. And for sure, that can give people a certain level of pause or concern that I might not know what I'm talking about because of how young I looked. And so I wanted to make sure that practically I could jump in there and show them, hey, here's all the things that I can do to help you right out of the gate. And jumping back to my experience in school, I loved going through school, both my undergrad and my master's program. And I loved just learning in theory about human nature and about people and different groups. And I think since then, I've said that I would love to go through that program again. And I think after I got out of my master's program, I even thought of sitting in on some classes. Whereas Tim's like, nope, let's go and let's put this into practice and experience this. Oh, gosh. When you just said that, sitting in on a class you've already <laughs> taken, like that blows my mind. There's no way I would ever do that. And the final category that we're going to talk about today is traditional versus original. So somebody who is a sensor, they're going to trust what they're familiar with. They tend to like to support established groups and methods and honor past precedents. And so for me, this definitely is something that I fall into to a certain degree. But also, if it doesn't fall in line with the practical or pragmatic approach that I also have that I can have a tendency to want to drop that. But I think for me, there is an inherent feeling that if something has been done a specific way for a relatively long amount of time, there's some merit behind it automatically. It automatically comes across to me as more valuable than something brand new because practically I know to a certain extent at least this works versus something else might work better. But if it's unproven, I'm going to automatically put the brakes on that a little bit more. And so that tradition or something that is familiar that is something that I will have a tendency to more highly value. Versus people who are intuitive, they value initiative, enterprising, inventive, and novel solutions. They oftentimes mistrust the conventional wisdom, and they're looking for a different or new solution. And so contrary to my thought processes, people who are more intuitive, they are more likely to buck or automatically be more distrustful of tradition in favor of some type of new solution for the old problem. Oh, I totally agree with that because I love seeing new and inventive solutions. And I love looking at startup businesses and what are some new ideas that haven't necessarily been backed yet. One thing I will say is that knowing that all of the Myers-Briggs types and each of the preferences really work together. So with sensing and intuition, for example, a sensing judger would react differently than a sensing perceiver. But for the purposes of our episodes, we're just going through each of the categories. So if you haven't already taken the Myers-Briggs, we have a link to something similar in the show notes, and we'd love for you to take a screenshot of your results. It'll come up as different percentages, 
And then we have a post pin in our Facebook group, and we'd love for you to post it in the comments there so we can see. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.